0: Going to VAR. They're checking. Hey, Check complete.
1: Let's head over to the bar, the bar. Hello, listeners, and welcome to episode 127 of the VAR Bar podcast. My name is Jake. I am your resident Chelsea fan. Back after a couple of weeks off, and this week again, I have the honour of hosting these BB Port boys I've only got a couple of them in today Prez let me hear from you
2: yo 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 what's up Jake man
1: what's good man what's good and then otherwise we've got Shalom what's happening man
2: what's good
0: boys it's been about it's been a while since I've been about so it's nice to be back yeah
1: that's what we like to like to hear how are your weekends been I've been out paddle boarding today my body's on fire my shoulders feel like they've had the worst workout ever
2: <laughs> what's up what is paddleboarding for those who don't know Including myself.
1: <laughs> I mean, it's, it's something that's like caught on the last couple of years. So you basically get on like, almost, it's not a surfboard, but it's like a similar shape. It's a lot thicker. And mm. then you just kneel down and it's just almost like kayaking. So you just use your uh, like, paddle and you just paddle down a lake pretty much. But no, nah, it's, pretty, it's pretty sweet, man. Gets you out and about. Gets you in the water. He, yeah, he you you just cause, kneel good down. Cardio, see
0: yeah. a lot of people standing up.
1: So I knelt down because I have no natural sense of balance. I'm not messy. I can't just right, okay. stand on whatever. Like I have to kneel down. But all my mates that I go with, they all tend to stand up unless they've got their dogs on the paddle board, in which case they go swimming, which it's an absolute nightmare when they want to dry off. But hey, ho, that's not my problem. <laughs> <laughs> all right, boys, it's International Week. The Mighty Nation League has is happening, the one that we all care about, the all that we wanted to grow up. And play. Um, we'll start off with England because, of course, they're the major headline grabbers. They lost 1-0 to Italy. They looked horrendous for the fifth game in a row. There's still no goals from open play in the Nations League. I think the last goal we scored from open play was against the mighty San Marino. I mean, lads, we've got players like Foden, Jude, Sterling now looking utterly toothless. Players like Trent can't even get into this team to change it up. What gives? I think that's my first question. I'll go for you, Perez. Like they, this team just looks utterly horrendous. It's, I mean, we've always been pragmatic under Southgate, yeah. but this is there's there's nothing as far as I can see.
2: Uh, I don't know, man. I think do you know there's that old that age old saying of like the boys that are now known as like Southgate's men i guess or southgate's first choice picks maybe they just don't have that feeling of they're going to be challenged for their places anymore um i know like you know when the england boys get together for you know the little camps that they do um during you know international tournaments and you know international breaks they they look like they get on well they look like you know. As like a group, they have um, a good, I guess you could say, friendship amongst all of them. But maybe there is just that lack of competitive edge across the board um, between the boys. And because they are almost safe within themselves that they're going to get picked by Southgate. There isn't that almost like hunger to get up for these type of games. And obviously is Nations League and, you know, there have been friendly games, but there's literally a World Cup around the corner. And there doesn't seem to be that kind of upturn in, like I say, competitiveness or or, or willingness to 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 want to to want to win these games. And going into a tournament as major as the World Cup, you you would definitely look as, at this as a concern. So, yeah, I think that's yeah a mixture of maybe some other things, but that's kind of what I would put it down to personally.
1: Shalom, what about you, man?
0: Um. I think the first thing I took away from that game was how boring England play. I mean, it's not a surprise to anyone if you ask them about England. You ask a random person about England, they'll probably just say the same thing: boring football. Um, but just le- look, looking deeply into the way England sets up, you see just a Declan, especially in the midfield, Declan Rice and um, Jude Bellingham, and compare that to Italy. You had like Nico Barrera, Jorginho, um, and Cristante. So you have three good midfielders, you know, controlling the the game, and that says a lot of how your team will play, and will. And I think that's for for me, that's indicative of England, and especially Southgate. I feel like in order for you to have a good team, you need to have chemistries in very important places. Midfield is one. I don't think Declan Rice and Bellingham are there yet, so that's a concern. They're very good players, but they're experienced enough to take England through to the World Cup and do something like do something, you know, um, of of, no, of note. I don't think so. For me, I feel that more consideration should be taken into the way England lines up and England plays because this. Counter attack type of football we play. It's good when you are really good at playing it. I don't think England are really good at playing it. Also, Kane looks toothless. Yes, he's one of our one of the best strikers we've had in the Premier League and also for England. But still, he looks toothless. I feel that game was an opportunity to see um, someone like Ivan Tony play. That would have been good, but it was a shame. So. um just the next step, really. Um, I was watching the talk sports, even though I don't really like watching those guys. Um, and people are just, you know, calling in, talking about, well, Southgate, whether he should go, et cetera, et cetera. I guess the big question is who's out there that can come into this particular England fold and make them play well? And, and, and I put that question out to you boys. Do you guys have any idea who would who will come in and replace Southgate and get England playing? Um,
2: Graham Potter. Oh wait, oh, he's gone to Chelsea, has not he? <laughs>
0: he's gone Chelsea. <laughs>
1: what about the man that? What about the man that he got? He replaced Tommy Tuchel. At least we won't concede shit goals. Oh. <laughs> well, no, saying that our defensive record was fucking awful. No, I mean the only person yeah. that I can see is improving as offensively is Poch, because he really? had right. I, right yeah, t- I, I agree with the question mark at the end of that. Really, don't get me wrong. <laughs> I'm not because. My, The thing is, and this is one of the questions I was thinking of, is that if you're going to replace Southgate, like I've said this since the Euro final, if you're going to replace Southgate that's absolutely fine, but there's such a limited window, and especially right now, you have no more camps, because if you take your Southgate's mm-hmm. obviously going to be managing the next game they're not going to sack someone by then but you then sack Southgate, you've got no more camps, so you have got the pre-World Cup camp to drilling an attacking wet system, a, a style of play, that ain't going to happen it's just a matter of fact. So Southgate leads us into the World Cup. My mm. viewpoint, Seb, how does he actively improve this team? And I think right now, my solution is he just feels like a man. And this is going off the point, back of the point that you just mentioned on run chemistry. It feels like he wants to be a bit more ambitious because we've seen him, especially in the last Nation Leagues games, he tried to play around with four at the back. Did not work whatsoever this time round he's now gone to more of the tried or tested five at the back a lot more of his tried and tested players and it still did not work it like we look utterly two for intact, like we said counter attack there's no counter attack there's no counters in this team like mm. there's no attempt to dominate possession I don't think there's a lot of plan in building the play. Like, it seemed very much that if it wasn't Eric Dyer or Harry Maguire carrying the ball, there's nothing. And relying on Harry Maguire to carry the ball, I mean, United have seen it. That's just not the way we (laughs) need to play. So I I think now, for me, Gareth Southgate needs to take a book out of Serena Wiegmann's book at her Euros, women's Euros, and just say, right, I'm done experimenting. This is my starting eleven. These are my three to five impact subs. I'm going to take the rest of you for injury cover and training leg work. Because, and stick with it and just see how it goes. Stop experimenting. Stop trying out different stuff because it's not working. Jude Bellingham, I think, will be an amazing centre midfielder. And he looked okay, but he just looked, he looked like he didn't know when to commit, what exactly to do at what point. You have Foden, Foden has looked horrible in an England shirt, and I'm not blaming Phil Foden. He's obviously a fantastic footballer. We've seen that for City week in, week out. Does not know what he's doing. Harry Kane, like you just said, Shalom. Harry Kane is brilliant when he plays that pseudo 9-10, when he can drop in and create space and spread the ball to others and then finish off moves. For this England team right now, he doesn't look like he's doing anything right at the minute. So, I mean, we all like this. is how, This is how bad we are at the minute. I think we're missing Calvin Phillips, and I rate Calvin <laughs> Phillips. I think he's a great sentiment, yeah. but it looks like we're missing his ability to disrupt play and then vertically push the ball. Yeah. So, yeah, for me, I think Gareth is he's, he has got to just roll it down and just say... Just,
2: uh, just on thing. that, though, Jake, like, I mean, you spoke on Calvin Phillips just then, and it just comes back to, I guess, this. Um, You know, this topic of Gareth Southgate and him having his favourites and, you know, bringing in people who are not necessarily um, in form, but um, he kind of trusts them as people to to get the job done in his book. But then if you look at the likes of Calvin Phillips, who had a decent tournament um, in the the Euros, it it seems like he's going to miss out. And, like if if we look at the reasoning as to to behind why southgate might not pick him for the world cup team is probably going to be down to lack of game time but then it's a little bit contradictory um and unfair to the other players that um are still getting picked even though they're out of form and lacking game time as well so like it it, it i don't know i feel that there'll be a lot of I guess shit coming down on Gareth Southgate if he gets this wrong in terms of his team selection, but yeah, I I, I would like to see um, what he does with the final team. I really would. It's,
0: it's definitely going to so be interesting be,
2: who, for sure. Uh, Say that again. Who,
0: who would you um, pick if you were um, Southgate, press
2: Um, I I can tell you who I wouldn't pick. Um, if 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 it's just Let's based off like. Yeah, if it's just based off like what I see week in week out, I wouldn't be picking Harry Maguire. I wouldn't be picking Luke Shaw. I wouldn't be I wouldn't Fact. be picking um basically the the players who um you know haven't shown any they haven't built any merit so far this season as to yeah. be picked over someone else, right? So, I know that yeah. the pool of talent in the I guess the center mid position and the the um the defensive positions aren't great. Right, but yeah, just because you know certain players are deemed as your favourites, I don't think you should be picking them ahead of other players based on on that alone. I think that the players who have yeah. built up um, good form for their Premier League clubs should at least be in with a shout, similar to how he's done with Ivan Tony. But there's just no consistency across the squad, um, in terms of like his thinking, I guess. Um, and yeah, that that's a bit of a concern for me. No,
0: I, I so a player agree. like Madison, does he make it in? <laughs> right.
1: The problem yeah. with Madison, because yeah. I, yeah. Right, you go,
0: Sean. You go. Now, because I think my my annoyance with England is in regards to the midfield. Yes, we have Bellingham, etc. I just, I just, I need that ten that can just make things happen, and. When England plays, if we rely so much on Sterling, Kane, mm-hmm. or obviously Foden or Saka to do something, but it gets like other teams work out so quickly and ha- yeah, yeah, it gets stale. So maybe for Southgate, he has to think outside the box or just, you know, trust and risk. I feel like there has to be an element of risk with. And that's how life is. Mate. You have to risk to you obviously achieve something bigger than yourself. So there has to be an element of risk in how we play because more risk, you get the rewards if it work, works out. So hence why I'm not saying Madison is the key, just to be clear. Yeah. I'm just saying yeah. that maybe going into going to that realm and looking at, um, at players, more creative players, maybe yeah. it's a good start. And just a little segue, boys. Um, I've been slightly, even though I don't want to say it due to that, um, obviously the team has support, but I've been slightly impressed with diet just very slightly. He looks a little <laughs> bit much more stable than he was in the previous years. Um, but yeah, I've been slightly impressed with Eric diet, just very slightly.
2: That's the Conte effects for me, man. I mean, yeah. just being, being in a, a descent, a, a defensive minded team, kind of like, if you think back to Conte at Chelsea and, you know, making Victor Moses look like, uh, I mean, and he did the role well, but he wasn't traditionally a wingback, but he turned him into a, a serviceable wingback. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So you just yeah. have to think that Conte is is probably responsible for, for bringing out the best of him defensively, um, I would think. But that's just my opinion.
1: I no, I, I, see. I get it. I get it, to be honest. I've, like, I think Britain, the solution to the attacking problems... Well, it's not a solution... One of the best things he can do, because the uh, the last time I remember England being a decent attacking three up top was Sterling, Kane, and Rashford. Mm. I think Gareth Southgate has missed Rashford as a third goal scoring option tremendously. Mm. And yeah. Rashford's in form at the minute. Obviously, he was injured for this international break. But if he keeps playing the way he is,
2: he I has to almost, go.
1: Yeah, I I don't even think he, that. I think he's more an automatic starter. Because we yeah. like we've just discussed it, Southgate has his trusted players, yeah. and I think he's had to drop Rashford because of how badly in form he's been. Obviously, we yeah. could have applied that to Harry Maguire and other players like that. Yeah,
2: exactly the lack him. of consistency. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah, but I think if Rashford's in form, I don't think he just goes. I think he starts to be. This is the, this honest. is
2: the thing, but they, uh, the fact that it's a question mark at this point as to whether he'll even be on the plane is a worry, you know? So.
1: Yeah, completely agree. Now, there is a lot for Gareth Southgate to solve with in the next, what, six weeks, two months. And yeah. Yeah. not a lot of time to actually solve it. Like it's going to be a lot of decisions made. And he's a man that is based on trust. I think with national teams, there is a lot more trust based selection ones, but mm. whether or not they actually um respond to that, it's football's coming home. That's all I'm going to say. Football's coming home, lads. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: you're, you're just acting like an Arsenal fan. It's the hope that kills you, man. Don't do that. Oh, <laughs> just yeah. look <laughs> Yeah,
1: I'll, 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 I'll point out the issues with Southgate and then as soon as that first game starts, I'm going to be fucking singing Sweet Caroline. There's going to be... <laughs> exactly. I, I know how to predict it. Um, We'll move on, lads. We'll move on to a team that's actually impressing and I think for myself, the outright favourite for this World Cup... France you've had the mm-hmm. disappointment of Euro 2020 bouncing out against Switzerland and the whole merging with Benzema and Mbappe and the whole issues there and Rabiot's mum deciding to ruin that camp but right now they just look tremendous they beat Austria 2-0 you're having the boy wonder Killian score another great goal you're having Giroud play his team role he's now two goals with Thierry crazy crazy stat like I said, lads. For me, I think France are the outright favourite. I know there are obviously other teams we're going to speak about in a minute that are in the mix, but for you boys, I'll start with you, Shalom. Do you, is France yes. your favourite, like me, or do you have someone else right now at the top?
0: I I agree with you. I saw them play. Who did they play? Uh, they played Austria the last game in week. when it's scored to Austria. Yes. Um. I saw them played so, so, so impressed. I was impressed with, uh, dude, how do we, how do we say his name? Is it Chumini or T- many Chua, Chuamini. many oh, really? yeah. He was, yeah. He was, he <laughs> reminds me of like a, maybe I'm, I'm out of pocket saying this, but either similar to Pogba
2: or Pogba 2.0. Maybe I'm out of pocket. Just slightly yeah, out of pocket. Do you know what I would, I, I agree with you because he but he's more of like a hybrid Pogba slash like I don't know I I mean I can't recall like many battling midfielders from France in recent time but he's got that like that dog element of about him as well like as well as that the technical ability so he's got like a hybrid of yeah yeah uh, I was so impressed with
0: him so impressed with him also impressed with the left centre-back um Shilia or whatever his name oh, is. Ba- ba-
2: ba- uh, oh, Badiashile, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Shilait, um, he was he was impressive, very impressive. Yeah. When Willian Saliba coming in after um, what's his name got injured? Um, of course Willian Kunde. Saliba just looked. Oh, Kunde got injured. Saliba just looks good. Like I'm so happy we have him at Arsenal. He's going to be a top top star. Um, Giroud obviously doing what Giroud does. Um, with Giroud from an Arsenal fan, I'm very. It's a love hate with Giroud, but whatever. Um, Mbappe, amazing. <laughs> I don't want to go into it, but yeah. Mbappe, good. Um, Griezmann does what Griezmann does. I, I feel like I see a team that is playing and enjoying their football, enjoying um, their teammates, knowing that they're good. And I don't see, apart from, say, the Brazilians, I don't see any other team. Maybe Argentina that could probably rival them toe-to-toe. I wait to to obviously be proven wrong, but I'm very impressed with the France team. And I think they are a favourite for the World Cup.
1: Perez, what about you?
2: Yeah, I mean, they're definitely up there. I think I'd probably put Brazil just slightly ahead of of them. But, you mean, with the, the team that France have and the players they have at their disposal and the depth in their squad, you could, you can't count them out. I mean, Paul Pogba's touch and go to even make the World Cup, but, you know, it doesn't look like they're going to lose a touch in that midfield because they're so, so stacked in that position. Um, so, yeah, you, you can't not include them in, like, the, I, I guess, the top three favourites. But I think I, I put Brazil just ahead of them um, for now.
1: Yeah, I, I get where you're coming from. Like I, I look at this front team, the only position I actually think they are, weak in is that centre mid and even then like weak is a very harsh word and I only say that because you talk about Pogba he's got his injury, he's got the um the furore surrounding him now with his family and that yeah. whole situation. I, I just don't see him going right now like it's mm. not even a case of being injured, it's just a case of that mental aspect. Are you going to be completely focused? I, I don't think he could be and it's a shame yeah. because he... Paul Pogba in France uh, is one of the best midfielders in the world.
2: Mm-hmm. So it'll be a shame have- to like to see him not go just for, like from a selfish world cup kind of needing him perspective, do you know what I mean? But like yeah. from a from a France perspective and like them maybe being able to cover cover him i think they, they might be okay but just missing out on seeing paul pogba as you say his france performances are you know somewhat iconic so you, you don't want to miss that in a world cup um so it would be it would be a shame if you didn't go
1: i i agree like i think the only thing for me is that so if you you don't have pogba um is now not even close to the squad obviously he's retired and whatnot you've got kante who Apparently he's now back in training but just his fitness issues. Like, I I don't see him holding up until November at this point. The man loves getting a muscle injury. So like you're yeah. looking yeah. at their team today, obviously you've got Chukamini and Kamavinga in centre midfield. Yeah, like, yeah. that's that is yeah. incredibly talented centre midfield. Absolutely. And then you've yeah. got Gwendozi, you've got Vera too you've got Fafana. Like these are all I think the oldest one of them is twenty-three years old. Now yeah. talent Is a virtue you can rely on talent, but that experience when you're getting into a 70th, 75th minute of a tight game, I, I mean, there is a doubt there for me to be honest. Mm. I I get like obviously like right back, you're thinking of someone like Pavard, your best player, or you're going towards like Class, who's a right wing back for um, Marseille. Like for me, that's that's my worry is that if France get put into a tight shootout kind of game. Do can these young, young boys in the centre mid keep up? And I mean yeah. I could easily see it. This is why they're still Come my favourite. I'm I'm grasping
2: at straws. Yeah. Especially especially with Yeah, I think so too. I think they they'll be okay. I think the fact that Chuameni and Kamavinga play together at club level as well, um there's of yeah. of course that um You know there's that understanding between them there and the fact that they're just insanely talented as it is so as long as um and we've seen you know young french players come into this team and you know win world cups so i don't think there will be you know that much pressure on them having experience in their team to perform i think their talent will will probably see them through
1: yeah, that, that's absolutely fair. Like I, like I say, I'm, I'm trying to poke holes, especially when you think of that experience argument, you've got players like Giroud and Benzema up top, and then you've got players like Varane, again, in a mm-hmm. French is so good. Like, yep. You've got that like between them to hold up the ropes, so mm-hmm. I, I don't see it being a major problem. It's very much a what-if scenario that may not even come true. Um, but a team that it's experienced players are letting them down is spain louis enrique <laughs> said after their 2-1 loss to switzerland that was the most imprecise first half of football during his time as spain coach they're a team right now you're relying on as pillar and alba at your right and left back and they just look horrible right now and they're just not playing the minutes like, as pillar directly at fault for their first goal Alba, he scored Spain's goal, but otherwise the other wing Mbolo was just having the time of his life against them. You've then got a front three of Asensio, Sarabia, and Ferran Torres, who are all warming the bench magnificently for their own clubs. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. Perez given like that, that's a, five players of their starting lineup. Obviously, that could change during the World Cup. But Spain have got a lot of injury worries, particularly up top. There's no Moreno. There's no Almo. There's no Ansu fatty right now. Or none of them are 100% at the very least. So you're relying on a lot of players that just aren't getting that consistent first-team football for their clubs. And given that Spanish football, that tiki-taka, and obviously Enrique plays a lot more high-paced football, but they are not going to be sharp going into this World Cup. How concerned do you reckon Spanish fans and Luis Enrique should be about their team with these factors?
2: Yeah, I mean... It's, for me, I don't have Spain, just like as a disclaimer, I don't have Spain anywhere near, you know, reaching the, the latter stages of the tournament anyway, even with, um, you know, the, let's say, stronger players involved in the squad. Of course, as you've already alluded to, there's a lot of uh, injury concerns running through that squad anyway, but... um. You know, ever since the, the, I guess, the golden era, post-golden era, I mean, Spain have have been searching for their identity ever since. I mean, out of that bunch, you have, I mean, Sergio Busquets, um, I guess, Alba, Aspilaqueta, as you've mentioned. Um, But, you know, that that team is really, I guess, trying to rebuild and find themselves just in terms of the players. I mean, the bright spots, of course. Are the, the two uh, Barcelona central midfielders, uh, Gavi and uh, Pedri, who are going to be fantastic players and have, have got plenty of sort of World Cups in them in the future. Um, however, I think, you know. Just looking at it from like a squad and player for player perspective, I don't, I didn't have them in with much of a shout anyway. I think it'll be a good opportunity for the individual players to have good tournaments like your Pedris, like your Gavis to just raise their profile even more. Just like they did in, um, just like Pedri did in the Euro tournament where that was kind of his big announcement onto the big stage. Um, I think, you know, players like, uh, Ferran Torres, players like, um, those two and you know a player like Asensio as well who has kind of been I guess uh, working in silence in that Real Madrid team not obviously a starter but when he gets his chances he seems to take them quite well still got a Champions League medal um, the season just gone as well so those type of players you think you know yeah this is your opportunity to, to have a good tournament but as a team I don't I don't really fancy them getting getting anywhere honestly.
1: No, that, that, that's completely fair. I think for me, Shalom, I, mean, I want you to come from this as well. Like the, re- the reason I rank Spain a little bit higher than what their squad would suggest is A, Louis Enrique, I think is one of the best international team coaches at the minute. And B, when I, I was looking back at their Euros play and they started off slow. They were just mm, yeah. passing teams to death without going anywhere. And then as they got into the knockout stages, they just found the rhythm. Like they hit five past Croatia. Like They were just and they pushed Italy to the brink. Like they were outplaying that Italy squad. They gave them the throat of their life. So I I think obviously they do need their main men back. But another key point, like, they don't I aren't selecting some of the bigger names. Like, like that sent me you've brought up Gavi and Pedri. They're not taking Tiago to the World Cup. And Luis Enrique is not picking Tiago these days. They're not picking Coke these days. Like, that's some incredible talent to be leaving at home. That worries me more than anything because, I like, Luis Enrique wants to play this fast, dynamic, counter-pressing team, almost bringing in that German Gagan press into the Spanish tiki-taka. There's a lot of stereotyping I'm doing here. I'm doing it really well. <laughs> but that, that, that worries me the most, to be honest, is the fact that, like, you're saying, oh, yeah, coke Thiago, you're too old. If those two are fit, you could argue they should be playing above Gavi and Pedri. Am I wrong there, or...?
0: Um, you're not wrong per se, but who are we to question the judgment of Enrique? I guess that's yeah. the next question. It's, clearly he sees something we don't. Um, just t- t- taking back to the tournament, it just could be the situation like you just pointed out with the Euros where really and truly you don't necessarily, I mean, you might need a plan, but you can just shit house it and win the, the World Cup. It, it has been done. And, you know, Spain can be the team to do it. But on the face of it, they don't look a good team. They don't play like a good team. I'm still surprised why Asper de Quartier is doing that team. Like, why? he's? We should just move on. Um, and this is, I guess, the, the trials and tribulations of... Because uh, every most developed nations have, like, the golden age. And after the golden age, then you rebuild to get to the next golden age. I feel Spain is going through that process. Um, but I guess um, in their favor, they have a, a, at least good enough players that can, in a, I, I think if managed properly, do something in the tournament, which they shown in the Euros. So for all Spain does, for all, for for what Spain lacks, I feel they have good quality to push them through. But at, on the face of yeah, it, I not see a good what you team, mean. but they're a growing team.
2: Yeah, yeah, I see what you mean, Mace. Because in in a in a one-off game, like if they make it out of the group stages, for example, like you'd expect them to make it out of their group. But like when you get to yeah. the knockout phases of the tournament, you then begin to maybe, like Jake already pointed out, they start to maybe find a bit of rhythm. And in one-off games, yes. you know, they they might you know not necessarily get lucky, like but these- put in the performances that. Put in performances that warrants them to qualify, right? So you you never yeah. know that. I think they've got the players. They have the players, and yeah. as Jake mentioned, um, you know, not taking the likes of Tiago, um, not taking, you know, uh, other experienced players. I don't. I think Enrique is just basically saying, you know, this is a new era. This is, um, you know, if we don't win with these players there will be oppor- other opportunities in the future to win because i i back these players these talented boys to 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 um to come good and 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 bring something home for spain so i think it's just almost yeah. like a a phasing out of the the previous phase i mean you can't leave out the likes of um busquets who's still performing at such a high level even for barcelona but um, and he obviously offers that experience within such a, a young starting eleven. But I, I think those kind of statements, you know, leaving Tiago at home, you just have to think, yeah, it's with the intention of just moving on to the next phase. That's my 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 thinking, anyway.
0: Question: Do you think Tiago, and I guess he's a professional player, and I, I understand the response, the obvious response: Do you think Tiago is probably saying, "I just want to focus on"? Club football, or do you think it's just crazy and ludicrous to even think of a player saying, "No, I'm not. I don't want to play for the national team."
2: But then you—it's true because then you even think back to the Euros. He was taken. He was taken uh, to the Euros, right? And I don't. Yeah. I don't recall him playing very much at the Euros, even though you know Spain yeah. got quite, um, got quite uh, oh. far in the competition. So you know, you just think, okay. We can't take him along just for a body, right? So yeah. if I'm not going to use him, then I'm not going to take him. And on top of the fact that he can barely stay fit for 30 games for his club. So, True. you know, Klopp is probably, you know, on j- on the edge of his seat, hoping that he doesn't actually get picked for his country because he wants him yeah. available for, for his club um, for as many games as possible. So, you know, it might be a thing where it's like, you know, Thiago is kind of less less pissed about it exactly. at this stage in his career yeah. and, you know, just yeah. wanting to focus on being um, at a, a good level of fitness for his club. And to be honest, I'd understand that. I'd understand that.
1: Fair enough, fair enough. No de- I think probably our best one of the dark, darker horses for this tournament. Um, but we're going to go to South America now for, if France aren't your favourite, I think one of these two teams are. We'll start with Brazil. They ripped apart Ghana 3 0. Sorry, Drew and Char. Thanks to the newly dubbed, and I can't believe these words are coming out of my mouth right now. God damn you, Calvin. The new R9. Sorry, Drew, again. From Richarlison. Oh. Um, <laughs>
2: <laughs> this is the problem like, I, I like,
1: have.
0: Yeah. Oh, uh, sorry, you go, Sean. You go. Now, like, if, if anyone really search, searches in their hearts, He's not an R9, man. You Get the fuck out of here, boy. That's my it's rant because, done. Yeah. It's
2: because he wears oh. the number nine in it. I think that's probably I know, the I know. I know. <laughs> Slapping are
0: you, are you dumb girls past the Swindon keeper.
1: Yeah. Good. <laughs> but, uh, like, my problem with the Brazil team and this is why I don't have them as my favorite they have got an immense amount of attacking talent like you think you're yeah. leaving both Gabbies at home from Arsenal and yet you're still calling up Neymar, Richarlison, Rafinha, uh, Vinicius Jr like that's absolutely absurd but for me their defensive cracks at the back their weaknesses are they're yeah. sizable like you look at their fullbacks like Alex Tellers is playing left-back for them. That, I don't yeah. need to comment anymore. Prez, that can give you your relative nightmares there. <laughs> you've, you've got a right-back. They're putting Ida Militao out there so that they can fit Thiago Silva in a back-four. I'm a Chelsea fan. I love Thiago Silva. He's a Rolls-Royce in a back-four. He's just not nearly as good anymore. That's just plain yeah. to see. Yeah. Like, he's still... Tite is still picking Fred in a double-pivot six. Like... It, there were all these just these little issues that when i look at the brazil squad compared to the france squad i just don't, like that's why i don't see the weaknesses in the French squad um uh, prez you said brazil your favorites what do you think about those issues or is it just a case of they are going to outscore people it doesn't really matter
2: yeah i mean you started off by pointing out their their attacking talents at their dis- disposal um and really if you just look at the tournament in its entirety and, you know, the players um for the various teams or the various countries, I should say, I don't think there is a better set of attacking players. I mean, obviously France come relatively close, but even then, you know, I don't see a set of attacking players more threatening than the ones within this Brazil team. And like you mentioned, they still have attacking players coming out of their ears that didn't even get picked You know, so, yeah, it's just going to be, I mean, that's tournament football for you, isn't it? Like, you score three, I score four, you score two, I score three. And Brazil can be that team that do that. Um, You know, staying relatively compact, obviously, I think defense, as they say, defense wins you championship, wins you trophies, whatever. But when you're this good attacking wise and you have this many attacking players at your disposal that are like, elite and all for the most part start for their clubs it just I don't know man I I find it difficult to 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 see past it man I mean we've seen what Rafinha did for Leeds um you know during his tenure in the Premier League and we know how good he is or how good he can be um yeah I don't know man I I just for me and and you look at their recent form as well you just can't there's not many you know Bad results in recent times for them either. Um, yeah, man. I think if even talking talking about midfield and you mentioned you know Casemiro and Fred in the double pivot, I wasn't there that crazy statistic about them like only losing like one game in like seventeen games that they've started together. Maybe it's not as high as seventeen games, but it was definitely in the teens. So, you know, I mean. <laughs> Yeah, I think they're probably their greatest weaknesses probably in, in defence. I mean, starting Militao at right-back definitely has me scratching my head a little bit. Um, but then you're playing Danilo in the full-back position and, you know, he's well-known for his defensive frailties as well. So, um, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I still think they're, they're, they haven't got um, anything to worry about in terms of not being able to score goals. I think they'll score plenty of goals and, and that's what will win them games. So
1: Yeah, that's fair enough. Shalom, what do you think?
0: What Brazil is for me is just a very nice sculpted glass, like a very nice uh, just call it like a swan glass. Beautiful to look at. But when the pressure comes, when they're dropped then they, they, they usually crumble. Um that's for me that's how Brazil are for me they're very good at going forward but defensively they have lots of like frailties in their game um yeah that's it we don't where they finish it's all dependent on how they play they they're, they're they're that exciting on their day yeah. they can beat anyone but when for example you remember that the World Cup where Germany like thrashed them right? them. I didn't think Brazil played that bad, but Germany was, they were just, they were just, they just kept on with the pressure. They didn't let Brazil breathe. And if that's, one, that's the only way to beat Brazil, just pressure them. And hence why I used the glass analogy with Brazil. Um, I think they'll be fine. I, I call maybe quarters semis from them. I don't see them winning it. To be honest, I think France are the favourites. But if they do, I wouldn't be surprised. Um, would Richarlison score the goals expected? No, I doubt it. If he's scoring two goals past, like I said, Swindon, he actually plays for Charlton now. A poor team like Garner. Once he, once he plays against <laughs> better <laughs> oppositions... I don't see, I don't see him scoring as much goals, but I'm very impressed with like Vinicius Junior. I think is is such an amazing talent. I'm, I, I'm actually curious, guys. Who, who do you think is faster, him or Mbappe? Because Vinny is rapid.
2: Yeah, they're both very quick, very very quick across the ground, man. Very I wouldn't be able quick. to call it personally.
0: Yeah, I had that, head, I was I'm asking going that question.
1: Mbappe, if it's guns my head, I'm going mm. Mbappe. But like again, but. That- I mean, as long as Vinny keeps dancing, that's the main thing. Because I, yeah.
2: I think the way,
1: the way he is playing, he, I like, I said that all attacking talent, like, who who do you drop? You've got Neymar, obviously, Neymar starts, I think he's locked in. Yeah. You're yeah. obviously not going to drop him. Yeah. But then, those other two spots, you have got Richarlison, who... Tite loves, you've got Rafinha who has started life as a Barcelona player fantastically, yeah. you've got Vinicius Junior who's dominating for Real Madrid you're leaving Martinelli and Gabi Jesus at home at the moment like and Gabi yeah. Jesus especially has been fantastic he's transforming that Arsenal side as we, unfortunately for me and Prez but very fortunately for Shalom no, <laughs> so that that selection headache is so difficult like Whoever he picks, I don't, I don't think he can pick it wrong. It's just a case of will they control the games enough to cover over the cracks behind them. But I, I think if Brazil win, it'll be... In my head, I'm trying to think now, but I guess it will, apart from this, the prime Spain sides of 2010, 2008, 2012, the most entertaining football we would have seen at an international tournament. Just yeah. simply oh. for the attacking talent and how much they would have to score and would score. I um, think
2: they'll I think they'll light it up, man. But let's see. Yeah.
1: I can see that. I can see that. The last team will cover Argentina. They're now 34 straight matches unbeaten. They'll overtake the Italian record they've only just got during the World Cup group. If they can continue this yeah. run, I think it's by the second game. Um but the thing is with this Argentinian squad. It's a similar one with Brazil in that they've, they're stacked with talent now. And especially with Argentina, they've created a defensive solidarity that they haven't had ever since Messi played for them. But yeah. their attacking plan to me is still Messi or bust. Now, don't get me wrong. There are a lot worse attacking plans to have out there in terms of creating chances and goals. See England national football team. But... <laughs> We, you think of the Copa America win and it was off the back of Messi, right? But you're now going to a World Cup where there is just so much more talent involved and that you're going to have teams that can more adequately deal with the threat of Messi. Not saying they'll be able to shut him down, but you're going to have a lot harder tasks than Bolivia, for instance, and Peru. So my question Honduras. to you is... <laughs> yeah, Honduras. So show up. Like this Argentina team. Like I, I personally haven't fared. I still think they are an absolutely fantastic team. I think they are going to be the yeah. shit house team of just constant one nil, two nil wins. But
2: yeah, who
1: who do you see picking it up? Like, let's say a random game that Messi just can't turn on the magic for whatever reason, or hopefully he doesn't, but he gets injured. Who picks up this Argentina team, or is it is it Messi or still?
0: Uh, so to answer that question, you need to dive into the the substitutes or within that within the Argentina team. So we have someone called Armada Almada, Al- Alvarez. Obviously, we know him. Uh, Armani, Carrera, Di Maria, Fernandez, McAllister, Martinez was a goalie, Medina, etc. I don't see a lot of big names right there that jump out to me apart from Di Maria, and maybe Carrera. And Alvarez, I guess, um so the answer is they're just gonna do it as a team <laughs> because if Messi doesn't step up or is or goes missing, then they just have to shit out this, and they are very good at at doing that um yeah Argentina are not necessarily the the most flashy team, but they' just um what's the best word they're more like robust, they just get it done um. So to answer your question, they they just they just have to get it get it done as a team. I don't see any other names apart from Di Maria, um, the bigger names that that would step up and get it done. I don't yeah. know. I am I I I am I'm not. I don't really give them a hope. I, I past like the the group stages. I think better teams can can definitely go through, in my opinion. But they are more robust and resolute in their defending, so that should help them. Um, as opposed to, say, the Brazilian team. But what the Brazilian team has, they don't necessarily have an abundance, and that's the, the, the threat of attacking players that they can just bring up bring on from the, the bench, you see. So um, let's wait and see. Argentina in the past, in the World Cup, have done really well. So they have that on their side. And I'm sure you you guys know, like go, like having tournament pedigree is very important when you're playing a tournament. You know how to play it. So they will, they could surprise, but for me, I'm not. I won't bet on them.
1: Fair enough. Fair enough. I, I completely agree. I think, especially the fact they won the Copa America, that gives them a lot more credence in my book. Perez, what what do you think about that statement that Shalom just said that you don't after the group stages, he's not rating them to go that far. Do you agree? Because I, I completely disagree on that point. But I want to see what your opinion is.
2: Yeah, I mean, you. I, th- I don't think you can really exclude them from the conversation of potential winners. I think, yes, we are looking at a little bit of a messy or bust situation, but you can't, going back to my earlier point about, you know, defence winning you games and obviously Shalom has alluded to their defensive robustness as well. I think that will be the main thing to carry them through the competition um, they may not blow teams away uh, every game and um, may get the the one nils uh, the two ones um, however I think their defensive compactness and the fact that they do have that messy magic on board and you know if you look at their attacking players I think you know Papu Gomez he's he's a little bit he's older um, but he still does have that creative magic about him. And, and, the, and it's a testament to him that he's still getting into the Argentinian squad. Um, you know, given he has been around the block for, for, for some time. Um, but then you, you have, you know, players like Di Maria, um, Almada, who I, th- I think he plays in the MLS, but he, he looks like a decent, tricky talent. Um, then you have, um, who else have you got? Alvarez as well. And yeah, I think. Yeah, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't say from my perspective that they're one of the, the, the teams that will flatter to deceive. I think they'll be in and around. Um, I, I don't have them to win per se, but yeah, you can't look past the fact that they have been winning games. Um, and it's a great thing to have coming into a major tournament. Um, so... You know, if you look at Italy, like you say, their record was, was broken. Um, going into the tournament for the Euros, they, they had an, an impressive winning run too. So, yeah, um, if history is to repeat itself, those kind of stats do matter going into a major tournament. So we'll just have to wait and see.
1: Fair enough, man. Fair enough. I think that... the. I, a couple of months ago, I was hating the prospect of a Winter World Cup. And now that we're getting closer to it and we're having these discussions and we're seeing these teams play again now, like, we're recording this during the France game. and They're currently losing to Denmark. So what do we know? Um, but I, I am getting more and more excited for this World Cup. Like, I, I, don't get me wrong, I think it still would have been better in the summer, but vibes are high over here. Vibes are positive. Like, let, it's shaping up to be an extremely interesting one. A very, it's either going to be Brazil France or it's going to be something completely different. Uh, like it's just going to be a complete surprise out of nowhere. So I'm I'm really excited, boys. I don't have any shots this week. I've had it. Like I've had a good weekend. I'm just going to have a nice chill gin and tonic before I go to bed. I don't know about you, boys.
2: Yeah, just yeah, a tea for me before shots bed, shots. to be honest, mate. <laughs> yeah. that's fair enough, lad. Well, uh, listeners
1: thank Oh, sorry, Shalom, you got
0: one? Uh no, I was trying to rack my head whether there was there were any shots in them. Um
1: <laughs> It's international no, week no, man. No,
0: no, nah, nah, yeah. just Bukayo Saka, um winning the England men um play of the year. So that's a shot to him. Well done, lad, on getting that award. Well done to him man. Um, yeah. apart from that. Yeah, apart from that, pff, nothing else. But yeah, yeah. One of the most
1: versatile members of the squad. That unfortunately goes against him because he shouldn't play. Be playing left wing back. He should be playing right wing. Should not be playing
0: rep. Sure. Right. Oh my god, he should not yeah. be playing there. Yeah.
1: But ahead. we already done the segment. We're not gonna do that anymore. Um, listeners, thank you ever <laughs> so much for listening to us. We <laughs> apologise for the week break we had, but we're gonna keep being, consistent. I said, obviously keep checking out the socials. Premier League footballs next. week back next weekend, so make sure you get that fancy team sorted out. And yeah, we'll catch you on the flip side. Peace, everyone.
2: Peace, peace.
1: Hey, hi.